0: And I am Pat
1: Shea. And we are so happy you are here. And in fact, we are celebrating this week. Exactly. Our little podcast just crossed 30,000 listens.
0: 30,001 thanks to you right now. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: it's true. It's true. We are so grateful. And so we, we're loving doing this. Um, yeah. And please continue to subscribe, share, review. Please let other people folks know about this and mm-hmm. we can continue to grow this community and just sharing tales of parenting that hopefully lift you up and know that you're not yeah. alone.
0: It That's- makes us so happy uh, reconnecting with these old friends and uh, it makes us very, very gratified at hearing that it makes some of you happy too.
1: Yes. And so a little later we're going to be t- talking with one of our old friends, Bob Wilfong, mm-hmm. um, who is a correspondent on The Daily Show. Yes. And current author of The BS Dictionary.
0: Mm -hmm. Which we'll talk about in more depth at that time.
1: Yes. And then, but first up. We are reconnecting with our buddy, Mac Antigua.
0: Yes, Mac Antigua. I got to coach an improv group with Mac Antigua uh, on it, uh, boy, 15, 17 years ago, I guess. You
1: look good, though. To
0: 24 years ago. Okay, yeah. Um, And Mac was always that guy who would come in and do the thing that the show really needed. And uh, then he moved. He moved to Houston. He started his own improv theater called Massive Creativity. And now he is in Milwaukee uh, helping the arts and culture scene there. And in fact, he is the co-host of his own podcast, the Imagine This podcast, which especially if you're in Wisconsin or northern Illinois, the greater Milwaukee area, you definitely should be listening. Because it is a breezy weekly podcast that explores the joyful abundance of Milwaukee's arts and culture scene. Yes (laughs)
1: Yes it is It's a breezy I didn't read that Did I read that? No Not at all You often use the word breezy I use the
0: word breezy all the time
1: Yes Yes But he's going to share a story about Sort Mm. of A unique And kind of amazing Family tradition That they have started
0: Yes With his two daughters Who are now teenagers Mm -hmm. And how Somehow They managed to get to the Women's World Cup Each time
2: Um, I want to start with some context here. Uh, just really, really quick. Yeah. I feel like being a parent, um, is something I wouldn't have chosen. I treated it almost like being drafted in the military, you know, in the sense of like, I get it. I get it. I committed to this. I'm a citizen. You know, like, like some people grow up, like I'm going to be a dad, I'm going to be a mom. Like I kind of like, was like when my wife, you know, we, we had dated, we got married. We'd been a couple for a while. And she was like, you know, Hey, time's coming. You know, we, we talked about having kids. And I kind of nodded. I'm like, you're right. I made that promise. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and, and again, just to be real and oh authentic, God. you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, I can't yeah. wait to have kids. It was just very much like a nod, quiet nod and like, all right, let's get to work then, you know? And I want to <laughs> see it is because I yeah, exactly I'm, I signed the paper, didn't I? All right. I got to honor this. And it's not that I, <laughs> I think it's a notion of like it, parenthood is such a, I, I have to think about my dad too, who um, I think treated mm-hmm. the job very much like the same way. Like my dad, my pop, he wasn't my dad. He was my pop. It still is my pop. He's sure. still, still mm-hmm. doing a thing. When I look back on it, the guy did the job. I needed five bucks. I got five bucks. I needed a ride. I got a ride. <laughs> Non-judgmental. <laughs> he allowed me to do my thing. Right? Yeah. I knew that, that this wasn't like what he wanted to do. Like, he just did. not And I'm not taking that a better <laughs> way. Like, who wants to do this? Like, yeah. nobody wants to choose this. <laughs> so, like, when I look at how he handled the gig, I have to recognize that's how I handle the gig, too, on some level. So, like, oh and I'll say this also in more context. I know it's like, I thought about talking about parents. I will. But like I also did youth development. You know, it was very much a thing. Like my first right, job yeah. as an AmeriCorps member out of college, I worked with young people teaching them dating violence prevention. And so they would teach it. And so I have a lot of experience working with young people. And I had a good relationship with them because I think we understood the deal. Like, hey, listen, I need a space where I'm still figuring out my deal, but I want to learn. And I'm like, I get it. Like you do you. I'm not going to judge you. But listen, you just hit A, B, and C for me, right? Like, can you not hook when we have the overnight hotel thing and we're cool, you know, things like that. And so there was this sort of simpatico where I could work with young people, but, but it was like, but I, I didn't see myself as a parent, if that makes sense. But I thought if I was gonna be a parent, I'm gonna handle the teen thing all right because I, I have the right demeanor. Okay, all this being said, I end up with two daughters and uh, lovely kids. And, and I will say, because I have two kids, here comes the cliches, I've been able to experience joy I never would have known. Right. Like and I probably would have signed up for the job if I knew. That being said, I don't know if I'd have signed up for the job with all the other stuff that you have to invest in and all you know, all things being equal. I think I would have been perfectly fine pursuing my own selfish career, self, self, self. Having this is all this <laughs> so all is to say, I'm doing this job as someone who I like the job. I love my kids. Not what I probably would have chosen, you know, at the end of the day, but I'm in it, right? I love it. I do it. But I will say this. The thing that I'm like, well, are you looking forward to? It's anything. If you were to ask me back then, well, is there anything about this job you're looking forward to? I said, you know what? It, it's the opportunity to watch them compete in sports. That would probably be, that's hmm. the one thing I was like, you know what? I, I would love to be like, the ultimate dream would be like, I'm at the world cup and I'm wearing my kid's Jersey, you know? And like the camera hits yeah. me for a second sees, or like, or like. <laughs> It's Olympic <laughs> opening ceremonies and she, and my kids are yeah. walking through, you know, the parade of nations, carrying and like, flag. you know, carrying the flag and I'm just crying. Cause I'm yeah. like, that's, what I'm like, that would, okay, <laughs> that would be the best like that. Okay. That would be the ultimate in parenting to have that sort of thing. Like, I don't need them to be like professionals and like making lots of money. It's just <laughs> like, I just want to see them compete. That would just be the coolest thing. So all this to say, yeah. that is something I've, I've been blessed with that they've been open you know, even as like five-year-olds to play soccer. And now they've kind of mm-hmm. kept going because for me, team sports was such a huge thing growing up. Yes, I loved watching the Bulls or the Cubs, like, yes, as a fan. But like what I got to learn playing team sports in junior high, being the 13th kid on a 12-man team, you know, taking stats, you know, doing <laughs> like whatever it took to be part of something. But yet fighting my mm-hmm. way and, and like getting to be on the team you know ultimately and, and you know I never was a starter but I got to practice mm-hmm. and and experience winning together or experiencing practices and the bus rides and like winning things and losing things right and the accountability where the ball doesn't lie or like you could practice all you want it doesn't mean that it's going to end I'm like these were amazing lessons I was looking forward for them to learn and 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 more importantly as their girls I was so excited for them to see strong women with full agency of their mm-hmm. bodies, with, you know, exhibiting, you know, power and finesse and all these things, not just on the field, but off the field. Like I was looking for them to having that too and seeing that. And I would say that's probably the best part now. And, and I, I guess I would tie it together. We in Montreal in 2015, we had the women's world cup, right? happen, And we all decided, Hey, it's Montreal. Let's go check it out, and and both my girls were playing soccer at the time. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And so we got to see that. We got to see the semifinal of Germany United mm-hmm. States at Olympic Stadium and Montreal. Oh wow, yeah, and it was amazing, right? It was great, and like to to be able to be like 20 rows up and close to to that amazing team, right? And that game was an amazing game, and they saw it. You saw them energized and lit up. They got the pain on their face, and this is it. Like this is the moment. They're like wearing the jerseys of Rapino or Tobin Heath and they're in it, you know, and they're and they're doing it. And then, you know, it was a great tournament. And then four years, you know, two years later, you know, my wife's like, Hey, it's in France. Well, and we're like, Well, I guess, I guess we gotta go, right? And it's like, yeah, well, what what do you want to do? How do you wanna do that? So I'm like, Well, if we've already been to a semi, you can only go to a final. right. You gotta go to a final, right? So we're like, but we don't know oh what cow. the bracket's gonna be. We don't know it's very cocky, yeah. right? To go, yeah, that my team, the US is gonna be in the final. So we worked it out the way it worked out, Pat and Mary, is that like when you buy tickets, this is a year out. Like we didn't go through FIFA. Yeah. We went through like their version of uh StubHub, right? A broker. And so, because, because if I had to yeah. go through FIFA, I had to buy semifinal tickets, semi-final tickets, final. That's a big commitment. We just want to do the final, right? Because we can visit some relatives in England and hop over and whatever. So we got tickets for the final. And I tell you what, man. We got the tickets for the final six months out. We're like, wow! But here's the deal: you don't know where the seats are, you don't know, like any of that stuff. They just say, hey, we'll we'll give you the information 48 hours ahead of time. And we're like, okay. But that's how you do it. That's how they do it (laughs) over there, right? And so, all right, that's fine. That's fine, I guess. And so we we go over there, and we're following. You know, we we went there a week ahead of time to visit family and kind of visit Paris, and we're watching the team mow its way through. And then we find out like they're gonna go to the final. And, and we're like, this is amazing. We're going to Lyon. We got the tickets. It's, now, it's, now it's 24 hours before and we don't know our seats yet. And now we're just getting kind of concerned. We're like, okay, well, okay, what's the deal here? So I'm calling the ticket broker who has numbers in Barcelona and Milan. So that's fun for my phone to be like, all right, it's busy. <laughs> it's never coming through. I finally talked to somebody. I'm like, yo, where are my tickets? And they're like, oh, it's, it's coming in the email in like two hours. I'm like, we're, we're, th- we're 14 hours out, man. And, and so meanwhile, my kids are like looking forward to going to final. And, and meanwhile, my wife and I are kind mm-hmm. of sweating. We're sweating. So it turns out yeah. we get the tickets. And now I didn't share with this with you. My mother-in-law has joined us for the trip, which is fine. She's totally, she's a game adventurer. The challenge is mm-hmm. week and a half into this trip, she, her knee is busted up from all the walking. Because, you know, elderly people um, walking. we've done yeah. a lot of walking. I have to say this. If this was the Oregon Trail video game, we would have cut her in Idaho. Like, we would just, it's been a good run. We, we get to Oregon. This isn't the Oregon Trail video game. So, we had to bring her with. Look, I became very aware which metro stops in Paris had escalators and which had, you know, lifts because we just had to, oh and now we're like, yeah. rural, we got to go to this game. And we find out that the five tickets we have to my daughters, my wife, my mother in law, they're in four different sections of the stadium. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's right. We're like, Oh, and so, okay. It's the morning of it. Right. And my wife and I were like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to, you know, we tried calling the broker back and like, they did the shrug. Like, Hey, if you read the fine print, we don't guarantee the all seats. And they were right. They don't, but, but we're Americans. <laughs> you can't do this. Like, well, I got a, I yeah. got a mother-in-law who can't walk. I got, I got two girls who are like youngish. I mean, they could handle it, but that's not why we did this trip. And so we're like, what are we going to do? And so meanwhile, My girls are like seeing us at breakfast and they see the stress we're dealing with. They go, is everything okay? Are you guys all right? Like what's going on? And we just had to level with them. All right, here girls, here's the deal. The tickets, we got tickets to the game, but we're in like three, four different sections. And they looked at us and they paused and they're like, oh, okay. We thought it was something else. And we're like, what, what do you mean? It's like, we thought we thought like your mom died. We thought Glolo died because the way you guys are handling yourselves. Yeah, and, and then when I look back on it, like furtive glances, hands over the mouth, we were really treating this <laughs> like, like, you know, crisis stuff, which in my mind, I'm like, are they going to freak out? They're like, no, we'll figure it out, dad. I mean, like, okay, like, yeah, is not cool. Which I'm like, wow, you got a lot of credit for being resilient. Cause I'm like in another country and I'm sitting by myself. I wouldn't be cool. Anyway. So yeah. let's get there. Let's get yeah. there early and not just taking the sights, but we got to get a wheelchair for, for my mother-in-law. We got to figure this out. Oh mm-hmm. my And we got, maybe, maybe we could like, I don't know, sell back our tickets. We're inventing paths that don't exist, but just to, to have hope, right? American exceptionalism. <laughs> so we show up early and I, we split up. We go like, listen, I'm going to go to the corporate section, get some Cokes Cause that's who sponsored it, right? Like, and figured it out. And my wife's going to yeah. go like to the services to figure out if she can get some services or whatever. And so we're separated. And the, so I'm like, I'm standing in line and I'm, I'm engaging with the cutter airlines thing and the visa thing, like all the corporate synergies happening. And I'm, I'm just grabbing stuff. I'm like, I'm going to take all this stuff to go. Uh, <laughs> just because all the swag, right. We're here. So yeah. it was really amazing. Uh, I get a text uh, and I'm like, what was, and, and the text says, it's my daughter. She's like, Hey, Ma, Ma got some tickets. Come, come quick. Like, I'm like, well, okay. So we, we meet up uh-huh. at our rendezvous point and she talks to me and she goes, Hey, listen, this is what happened. I was in line to try to trade in these tickets and get some services. And I finally get to the front of the line. I go, Hey, I got these seats that are apart. Can you do something for me to put them together? And, and she said, somebody behind her said, Oh wait, you've got seats that are apart. And she turned around and it was these two people and they're like, well, we, we've got tickets. We're not using Do you want to use these tickets? I was at, they were actually in line to return the tickets. And she looks at them is like, I'll pay for the tickets. And she goes, they were like, no, no, it's fine. It's just, as long as you, your story is accurate that you have two daughters who, you know, right. That, you know, like the sob story is accurate. Like <laughs> we'll give you the tickets. And so she shows me the tickets, right? Pat, Mary. And I look at these tickets and there's three of them. So we have original five that are different sections, but two of them are together. Right. So that's okay. And there's these three tickets that are together. It is it is the best tickets I could ever imagine. Center fields, center, you know, <laughs> center, 12 rows up. I'm like section 100. I'm, I'm looking at these tickets and I'm like, where'd you get these tickets? And she's like, I, I don't know. I got them from this guy. I'm like, these are the best tickets anyone could ever have. Like you've literally hit the lottery, but there were three of them, right? And so we're looking at each other. There's two girls. There's me and her and her mother-in-law.
0: Oh no! And, she,
2: and we're looking at each other. And it's this moment where I'm just like, I'm just going to be quiet. I just want to see how she's going to play. And she looks and she goes, "Well." She takes a deep breath. I got to take care of my mom, and and I guess you know the girls they they want to be with you. And I'm like, yeah, they. I think that's right. I think that's the right move. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll take we'll take this. <laughs> I'm doing my best to contain any joy. You know, again, I'm just like you know, yeah, this is. Uh, this is a tough choice you're making. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe we'll split up at halftime. You know, maybe we'll, you know, we'll switch places. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll split. You know, like she knows how this works. So, anyway, we relocate and by the grace of an angel, somebody's walking by with a wheelchair that's empty. You know, like, we're, and we look, oh we just God. go, we grab this person. We're like, Where can we get one? And she literally is like, Oh, you need one? I'm like, Yeah. we. Need, and we point to my mother in law. She's like, She's in the knee. And she's like, Oh, oh that, I'm, this is what I'm for. I, like literally, like she <laughs> was just looking for somebody. She was so she, she worked out. She's like, All right, I'll go with my mom to section four ten, you know, in the upper right corner. And so we split up and we're like, All right, girls, let's go. You know, let's go to our seats, which is a different like there's a different entrance, like literally a different entrance than the, you know, the, all the other supporters. So we walk through and we get in there and we're walking through and we look around and we're like dressed in our US wear, you know, and and again, my oldest daughter's 14, Lila's 14, Mira's 12, right? And and Lila's a, a real soccer player by now. Like she's been playing. Mira's picked up lacrosse, so she doesn't mind soccer. But she's she's along for the ride. She likes the event. Right. And Lila, I'll yeah. say about a fourteen year old, she has a taste for the finer things. Like she's old enough to know. Oh, okay, that's a good brand. <laughs> that's a thing, right? So she's got a taste for yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. So she's sort of seeing how this is unfolding. She's like, oh, we're sitting in the good seats, right Then I'm like, yeah, I guess we are. I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm just. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to contain myself. Like I, I think I do know, but I don't want to curse it. I don't want to jinx it. So we walk in and literally it's separated from everybody else. Everybody we're walking with is dressed up like really nice. We, we look like slobs. You know, we look like swarthy Americans wearing paint on our face, all this stuff. All these other folks are like, you are diplomats, right? Like you are like really nice looking people, like really glamorous, like makeup and stuff. So, okay. So we get through, we walk in and we are like, get to our seats. We look and we just took, look at each other going like, we made it. Like, this is the, I go, I go like kids, you don't understand. This is going to be the best seat you will ever have in your life. Like, I need you to understand this. I'm 45 years old. I don't even deserve this, what we have right now. We are sitting. And then all of a sudden, like, we sit we it's early enough, right? And we're looking around. People are settling in. And my and and my my daughter, my Lilo, points. She just pokes me. She's like, "Yo, why why are all those people, like, freaking out behind us? Like, three rows, you know, behind us. And I turn around. It's Kylian Mbappe sitting four rows behind us. No way. Other people have figured out it's Kylian Mbappe. You know, like, and they're starting oh. to go through. And And she goes, can I, should I, you know, sh- can I go over there and say hi to, because I go, oh, that's Kylian Mbappe, the uh, golden boot winner of World Cup 2018 from France. That's that's why they're freaking out. And, and then she, as soon as I hear her go, hey, should I – like I'm getting – should I go? I go, yeah, I don't know. She just runs up there. She just like just runs up there to just try to take a picture of this guy. <laughs> just because like that's where we are, right? And w- what I realized as more people are filling in, uh, the president Macron sits four rows behind me. The head of FIFA, oh. FIFA It's behind us. Four rows behind us. So we're settling in, you know, we see on the screen, like, Hey, just go to look up fifa.com backslash wokeup and you could order food. And so we order food at our seats and it's like, you want a chicken sandwich? Boom. You know, you got to use visa, obviously. So we order this food. It asks us, Hey, when do you want it? I'm like, now I want it now. You know, hit now. Two minutes later, a guy shows up like, Hey, who ordered the chicken? We're like, they bring the food to us. Like, this is amazing. Right. Okay. So we sit down. And then finally, like I get a text from Paru, you know, my wife, and she's like, "How the seats?" I'm like, "They're good. They're pretty good." And she goes, "Hey, if you look (laughs) behind you, or look to the right of you, if you see a man and a woman wearing black shirt and black shorts, you should thank them because those are the ones who got us the seats." So I turn and I right as rain, I see sort of a middle aged man and a you know a middle aged woman wearing wearing a black shirt and black tracks. Shorts, and you would have thought they were going to be refing, right? That's what they looked like. They looked very <laughs> official. And I turned to them and I go, "Hi there," I'm, you know. I explained who I was, and they looked and they saw that I was like, "Girls, thank them for the seats. Thank you for the seats." You know, like you know, they did the whole thing in unison, and and I I just looked at the, and I kind of noticed them, and they had a notebook that was lots of scribbling, and I just had to ask. I go, "So what's up?" how, you know, like, who are you? And they, they kind of chuckled and they smiled and they're like, we're actually from the women's professional footballers association. And so our job Uh is to make sure that the, the event is at the standard of our, of our players. So, and their notebook was like, are the flags flying? Right. How are the sounds, you know, is the field proper? Like they're taking notes on all these things. And so what had happened was they actually had extra seats and so they literally couldn't sell them because they are that right, and straight and narrow. Those are, you know, like you know that those are straight and true people because they're like yeah, they were literally going to give those tickets back. But they saw our kids and they were like, "Oh, it's good, it's going to girls." They're like, "Oh, hope you have a good time, girls." They're like, "Thank you for the seats," you know, like all this. Right? And I'm like, "This is amazing!" Like that's how we got these seats. These are the Professional Footballers Association. A staff seat. Yeah. I look to the right, there's a whole bunch of empty seats. And again, maybe it's still filling in. Notice a bunch of dudes coming in with lanyards or young fellas with you know young adults, mm-hmm. you know, 20 somethings. And they're like happy too. Like they're kind of high-fiving. They're kind of in awe. I'm like, okay, they're like us. They don't belong here either. That's cool. <laughs> so I, I kind of look, but I noticed, I go, yo, yo, yo guys, what's up with the empty seats? What's the deal? And they're like, oh, we work with CNN, actually. And, and so we're just checking out the CNN seats here. And, you know, and then I discern that they say, but we're actually going to be gone at halftime because we can actually go back to work. But we just wanted to check it out. And I go, so what you're telling me is that if I had two other people come here, like they wouldn't, and they're like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Like they're American. Like, oh, yeah, bring them over. Who cares? That's fine. You know, like so I'm like texting. Now I know the deal is it's like, it's going to be tough because my mother-in-law can't move, right? Like it doesn't have mobility, but I'm, but maybe the opportunity to do this might be enough. So I text her like, listen, I can get you in, you know, this, we can do this. <laughs> so she's like, all right, let me figure this out. And I, nothing's happened for 10, you know, games, you know, seven nation armies playing, we're all getting jacked. It's happening. And I go like, where are you? What's going on? Turns out she tried to exit her section. But because this was recently built, they built the stadium to make sure that once you get in, you can only leave. Leave. There's no sense of like oh, I'm gonna go to like the bathroom or I'm gonna go get a pretzel at that thing. When you think about it, they want to make sure these fans don't mess with each other. So really, what it is, she couldn't yeah, join right. in our section. Like I didn't know that, but she was like, uh, "Sorry, we can't. We can't make it. Or we just discovered it one less out." And I was kind of like, "Oh, so what you're saying is we can't even." Sp- you know, share it at halftime. She's like, Yes, that's what I'm saying. Pretty much. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Trying neutrally as best as possible, texting, like, oh, that's unfortunate. And I'm like, oh God, this is I get the whole seat. So we're there, we're taking the games. I'm with them. And to watch that game with them, the moment was amazing was when Rapino scored the first goal and the place mm-hmm. erupts. And yeah. my girls are jumping up and down. And When Rose Lavelle banged home that final goal, we all like hugged each other going like, this is going to happen. Like this crazy, I mean, yes, they were the tournament favorites, but for it to fall together like this, for us to be like, this is going to happen. And they, we, we watched the win, we watched them celebrate, we watched all that stuff. And it was such a joy to be with them, to witness these amazing women do what they did and to have that moment. You know, for me, I'm like this, it doesn't really get any better than this, you know, not just as a fan, yeah. but to be a, as a dad of two athletes who they, you know, yeah. my hope is they see that and they just go, this yeah. is, you know, it part of me is like, this is wasted on you. you like, it actually won't get any better than this. I don't know. Maybe they'll win another <laughs> one, but like to be sitting in front of president Macron, you know, in this beautiful yeah. day, in this amazing historical moment. And I, you know, I, I would say it would. It, it that I wouldn't be in that way or feel that way if I wasn't a dad, you know, that's being a dad, uh, being a girl dad. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. It-
1: okay. So often we listen to stories of parents and our friends talking about things going horribly awry mm-hmm. and you're like, oh gosh, I'm so glad <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen yeah. to me. But this is a story I listened to and I was like, I wish that was me. Yeah. Yeah! Oh my
0: gosh! It goes right, and then it goes more right and more right. And by the way, you might have heard us freak out a little bit uh, at the the words Killian Mbappe, and I completely understand. You may not be a soccer fan; that may that name may mean nothing to you. Uh, but he is an eighteen year old who actually led France. Uh, the men's French team to the World Cup uh, a couple of years ago, uh, so it's sort of like sitting down at a stadium and turning around and seeing Patrick Mahomes uh, sitting right behind you. Uh, so that means nothing
1: to me. I don't know who Patrick he, Mahomes is.
0: He just won the Super Bowl, Mary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the starting quarterback, uh, young, nope. Nope. brilliantly talented quarterback. Okay. Nothing. Um, There we go. So, <laughs> so if it, yeah, it, it was a big. It would be a big moment.
1: But it's interesting to me because we love it because as Pat just outed himself, he's an avid soccer I am, fan. Yeah,
0: a bit of an obsessive.
1: And uh, like Max Girls, I played soccer my entire life mm-hmm. growing up uh, and I finally left the sport when I was 17 and I was thrilled to leave soccer at <laughs> 17. I was done. I wanted to quit years before, but my mother wouldn't let me quit the team because she, you know, once you start something, you can never quit. So when no. I'm, no, yeah. She said, I had to quit myself. I had to call the coach and I was a wimp and I couldn't do that. So yeah. I wound up playing until I was 17. <laughs> but at 17, I was like, I'm done. See ya. I don't want to do this. But that's where karma kicks in. Mm-hmm. Never did I expect that after having two boys, that I would become a straight up soccer mom.
0: Yeah. And and that they would become probably even worse soccer obsessives than I am. Yes. Yeah.
1: Except with them, I have to feign more interest in listening (laughs) than I do with you.
0: That's true.
1: But I will say, you know, we are definitely a soccer family. Mm -hmm. Um, The boys are very into it. 2018 World Cup changed everything for us. We really got into it. But now through this time of quarantine and shutdown, here in New York, soccer hasn't returned yet. And God, I miss it. Yeah. I miss Saturdays on the pitch and watching my kids be so happy running around with their team mates. So if you too are a, a uh, sport parent missing sports, mm-hmm. come on over to the Facebook, Facebook page, yeah. facebook.com slash funny parents and commiserate with me that someday our kids will get to go out get and to run go. around. Yeah. You know, but then it just makes me think karma. Mm hmm. Karma, because I never expected at 17 I was going to have kids that would bring me back to the sport.
0: Which leads us to our friend Bob Wiltfong, uh, because he's about to tell us a story that he actually titled What I Didn't Expect When I Was Expecting. Bob was a correspondent on The Daily Show for some time. He also appeared on Chappelle's show uh, many, many times. My
1: Family. He's been yeah, on a lot of TV shows.
0: He's been on an awful lot of TV shows. And then he moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and put together a book called The BS Dictionary. It just came out. Uh, the BS Dictionary, which is the uncanny origins of and meanings of business speak.
1: Yes, you thought it was something else. No, BS is business speak. So they get uh, they uncover, not uncanny. Uncover the meaning It is uncanny. It is uncanny. The words Just like it's breezy. It's a breezy. There you go. <laughs> it really was
0: like SEO. Pivot. We should probably know SEO as a matter of fact. We could we get 30, 31,000 listeners. Yes,
1: maybe.
0: Um pivot. Yeah, ROI he has a dictionary for all your business terms.
1: Yes, but here he's going to share stories about raising his three kids and all the amazing things that happen.
0: All the stuff that comes out.
1: Literally.
3: My story would fall under the headline of what I didn't expect when we were expecting. And <laughs> there are several little stories within that headline. And I'll start sure. with one that gives you a really good indication of what I'm talking about. How I was totally cl- caught flat-footed by being a parent. We have three children, one after the other, almost about a year and a half apart. Uh, we did not wow. fully comprehend what we were signing up for until it was too late with the with that <laughs> timeline. So at one point, I had <laughs> three kids all in diapers uh, at oh three, at the age of three, two, and less than one. And um, you can imagine being the stay-at-home parent, trying to get some rest in that house was very prized and cherished. And so Mm -hmm. one day, I had all three kids hopefully aligned for nap time all at the same time. (laughs) And I put them down. I felt like they had all successfully gone to sleep. And so I took advantage of that moment and, and myself closed my eyes to take a nap. When I woke up, I found out that our oldest son, around three or four at the time, was no longer in his bed. The other two children were sleeping. The oldest child is is not in his bed. So I go downstairs. uh, It was a two-story house. I call around for Sawyer, our son, and there's no response. I am checking every doorway, everything like that, every room. I open up the garage door and our garage door for our cars is half ajar, and, <gasps> and it wasn't before I took the nap. So oh, I'm yeah. like, I had your reaction is the same reaction I had. I felt like I was in <laughs> one of those movies. Like this is, this is uh-huh. how the movie starts. Like yeah. your child is gone mm-hmm. and you have no idea where they're at. And so I was just like, holy shit. And I instantly went back upstairs. I woke up our youngest two children who were very unhappy about being woken up, by the way, (laughs) and had to be told, trust dad, we need to get in the car immediately and find out where your older brother is. So I get in my car and... Uh, this was a very scary moment because I don't know how long he's been gone. I don't know where he's at. And the good news is if this had ended badly, I'd be be, probably be talking to you on a prison phone. Okay. Just for the record.
0: Yeah.
3: It ends happily. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It ends happily. The very first street that I turned into from our house uh, was a cul-de-sac. And I drove Mm up, up, I drove up it and as I'm driving up the street I see my oldest son in his pajamas on a big wheel and he's coming Ooh, down God. on the sidewalk and it was a pretty steep street and he was using his bare feet to try to stop himself and I come uh-huh. up to him and I'm hysterical I'm just like oh my God sore what where have you been you know what is going on and he's just like my toe hurts. Because he had used his toe <laughs> to stuff his big wheel. That's all he was freaked out about was my toe hurts. And I was oh just like, God. and I was waiting for my wife to get home that day from work. Because I was like, how do I tell my wife this without looking like a complete idiot, you know, Yeah, who has risked the, the life of our oldest child? So I just had to mea culpa on it and just say, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep. And I thought everything was safe and sound, but it wasn't. And thankfully, Sawyer was fine. But that—that yeah. that is my headline story from what I didn't expect when we were expecting, that children would actually escape nap time and could possibly go to places that you would have no idea. That you could truly never sleep when you were a parent. Oh wow. Uh, now, other moments that that expressed itself uh, came... You know, there were there were a lot of moments like that. One of them was during diaper changes. <laughs> diaper changes. Mm-hmm. Nobody told me, in my mind's eye, I thought that a diaper change would be a very pleasant, easy experience for a child. Because, <laughs> because I'm thinking the child is in an uncomfortable position. It has a dirty, you know, uh, uncomfortable... Diaper on, so it would be relieved yeah. to be free of that diaper and you know put clean again. And our oldest child went through like a year-long episode where every time I went to try to change his diaper, he would kick and squirm and roll over and cry. And I remember, <laughs> I remember at one point standing back from him on the diaper changing table and thinking. I may have even said it out loud. I. Th- I thought to myself, he's possessed. The child is possessed. There's no reason for, for a human being to act this way. Why would they do this? And, and, it, and it took me a while to figure this out. I thought there was something wrong with our child. And it actually, the, the most comforting thing to me as a parent, one of the most comforting things to me is the realization that almost everything is a phase. And it is, a, it is a stage of development for that child. And because mm-hmm. he was our first, I didn't know that yet. I just thought, yeah. he's got a problem. That oh, yeah, What is going on with him? Yeah. So by the time I got to the second and third child, and they did exhibit the same behavior in their own way, it was funny to me. I was like, oh, this will pass. <laughs> it was no problem. But that first right. child, I was like, what the hell is going on? Our, our daughter <laughs> yeah. our daughter went through some of the same stuff, but uh, that was kind of weird, and I wasn't expecting this to happen. She went through a solid six-month period when she was probably around two or maybe three, where every night we'd put her down for bed. She would wake up about an hour later, and she would cry and scream at the top of her lungs, couldn't oh, be consoled. Oh, yeah. To the point where she yeah. would throw up. Ooh. And, oh, and wow. that was like every night for almost six months. Ugh. And oh my God. that up until her, our MO as parents was to tag team at night. That when mm-hmm. one yeah. child uh, or any child needed you know, caring, that we would alternate duties. So, yeah. but until we hit our daughter and then... I was like, I'm done, man. I cannot, I cannot figure this out. She doesn't respond to my my instructions that she needs to calm down or that things are <laughs> going to get better. <laughs> and again, going back to I had no idea that this would pass. I was just like, what is wrong with this child? Not what's wrong with me. Oh. What's wrong with this child? Right. I had one yeah. video when my, when my daughter was going through those night terrors, it was like, I could barely, I'm just trying to keep my eyes open cause I'm so tired. And mm-hmm. I put the webcam on her and I recorded this where she's behind me and she's screaming mommy at the top of her lungs. Oh. And I'm telling her, I'm periodically turning to her and say, it's okay. Mommy's sleeping. Daddy's here. You know, it's going to be okay. She it doesn't <laughs> matter. Right. She's screaming her head off. And I turned to the camera, and this was my only way to get through it. I, I said to the camera, we got this on video. I said, I want, I want you to know Berkeley. that's her daughter's name, uh, when you look at this video as an adult, that I accept your apology <laughs> for what happened here. <laughs> <laughs> then, other ways that what I didn't expect when we were expecting to have demonstrated themselves – has come labor, later in their lives with our children because each one of our children has these, these phobias that I didn't even know you could mm. be fearful about and that are debilitating to them in some ways. Our oldest son, mm. I don't know what's happened. We've, we've talked to him about what, what drives this fear. He does not like strawberries. <laughs> Strawberries Ah. are a deal killer and he is a super smeller of strawberries. He will, if he's in the same (laughs) zip code as a strawberry, he will be the first one to note it and he will be the first one to walk away and it's over. You cannot have strawberries next to him. And we've, we've talked to him about it. Like what, what makes you so uncomfortable around strawberries? And he says, I don't like the Mm -hmm. smell. I don't like the taste. And it reminds me of blood when I see it. <gasps> oh, wow. And so I'm like, okay, that helps me understand. I get that. And you know, we've worked through that. Now we're very much like, Hey, whenever we ordered a restaurant, if you have pancakes with strawberries, we make sure we let them know if there are no strawberries on this pancake. That must come to <laughs> our table or else it's not going to be a good scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I do think he has some smelling senses that I don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. That demonstrates itself. Mm-hmm. He's very sensitive to the strawberry smell. So there's that. Our daughter, the middle child, at a young age, got stung by a bee accidentally one day. And that has now grown to any kind of bug is out to get her. Oh. And so <laughs> now bugs of any kind will send her running away. And we now live in Florida. Yeah. Part that's of living. Yeah, part of living in Florida right now is bugs. I mean, these are prehistoric-sized <laughs> bugs.
0: Here. Yeah. You can't yeah, get I mean away it.
3: from bugs. And so we will walk, we'll go walk the dog. And everything's fine. And then the next second, you know, Berkeley, our daughter, will will scream and run the other way. And we don't even have to know why. We know why now. We're right. like, there's a fly, yeah. there's a dragonfly, there's something that has entered our uh, sphere that is bug related. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So we're navigating that. And then we thought, well, our youngest child, surely we've got strawberries, we got bugs. We won't have a phobia with this third. What are the chances? <laughs> right? Well, with him, he went through and he's gotten better at this. But again, a mystery. I don't know where this developed. Bubblegum. Uh-huh. Bubblegum huh. is a huge deal killer for our youngest. And where it demonstrated itself out of the blue one day, we're eating in a restaurant and he pulls his chair back from the table and refuses to sit at the table that we were at. And oh, we, we couldn't figure out what was going on. And he said, there's bubble gum on the underside of this table. Ew. ew. Okay. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is gross, right? Get yeah. But what you don't know won't kill you. Like, there are probably bubble gum right. on the greatest – the majority of tables that we eat at right now is, as Americans in restaurants probably have at least one piece of bubblegum on them at some point. Yeah, very true. But And that makes it really hard to eat out now because <laughs> the reality is we went through a period of time where we had to do a table check every time we went into a restaurant where we would walk in, we'd check underneath the table. Rigby, our youngest, would look under the table. And if there was no bubble gum, we could eat. If there, oh wasn't, yeah. if there wasn't, then we asked for a new table. And, oh gosh. and if that wasn't feasible, then at the very least, what would happen is he would have to pull his chair away from the table. So imagine being a waiter, walking up to this table of five, because we're a family of five. And your instinct <gasps> is you want to push this child's chair back. To the table because it's kind of getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, And as soon as they do that, we're like, no, 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 please, please just leave him where he's at, but just leave him there. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone through that with him. He has now gotten to the point where, uh, and this was a turning point in his journey with bubble gum. We were eating at a chain restaurant and I forget which one, but he had uh, midway through the meal had discovered there was bubble gum underneath that table. Oh, no. And and we had already, we were waiting on the food to come to the table. And he was like, I'm not hungry anymore. I can't eat here. And we were like, let's talk through your fear of a bubblegum and what is the mm. worst thing that could happen right now. And we talked through it, and the and the the sign of improvement was we got him to the point where he could at least sit, he wouldn't eat, but he could sit with us while we ate. And <laughs> ever since then, it's gotten better (laughs) and it's manageable. But if you want to ruin his day, uh, the best way to do it is just take out a piece of bubble gum while you're talking to him, just pop it in your mouth and that will, that will ruin his day. So these are all things I didn't expect. Nobody told me that this stuff could happen. And the final story (laughs) I want to share with you, you and uh, Pat, Mary that falls in this category is I didn't know that when you have young children, and this is back when they're in Mm -hmm. car seats, that in order to go anywhere with them, you have to keep in mind that in order to get out of that car, you're going to have to give yourself time to get them out of the car as well. And so when, (laughs) when nature calls, which it did in this story, I'm about to tell you, where you urgently need to get to a bathroom, you have a Sophie's Choice in front of you. You either have to get your children out of the car seat and risk soiling yourself and embarrassing yourself in front of your young children, or uh-huh. you have to make do with what's given you and, and really go gorilla style on trying to go to the bathroom. So this happened to me one day in we happened to be living in Chicago at the time snow uh-huh. ice all over the ground i was driving around and for whatever reason i had to go and we're talking number 2 oh. urgently uh-huh and i'm in our minivan i have two kids with me i don't know where our youngest is at the time but i have our two oldest children in car seats and yeah. i need a i need a public restroom as quickly as possible i pull into a bowling alley that's empty and snow and ice all over the ground and I figure you know what I could try to get these kids out of their car seats knock on the door hope they're open and that they'll let me use their public restroom or I can take advantage of the fact that there's nobody in this alley uh, this parking lot right now except us (laughs) keep the car in drive keep it warm and try to get behind something so my kids don't have to look out the window at daddy. (laughs) Pulling down his pants <laughs> and doing what I'm about to do out of the open, so that's what I did. I kept. I hurriedly got to a back corner of the parking lot. I kept the car uh, warm. I I ran to some of the trees. I pulled down my pants. I took care of business. And this was probably my proudest uh, moment in there. It, it was a MacGyver moment where I used a diaper uh-huh. from the diaper bag as my toilet paper. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> so that that to me is why I say there are plenty of things I didn't expect when we were expecting. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my god! Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's just so good.
1: Wish when our younger son was going through night terrors yeah. that I had recorded it and sent a message to <laughs> yeah. him like, I forgive you for this. Yeah. Cause it if you are a parent who has experienced night terrors, mm-hmm. it's no joke. It it is so distressing. It is gut-wrenching. It's so
0: painful. Yeah.
1: It really and there's no rhyme or reason. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You just sit there till you're blue in the face. You're safe. I love you. I love you. You're safe. You're good.
0: I would sing songs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But boy, I wish I had that video.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's the stuff you need for the rehearsal dinner. Yep. Just stocking up on stuff for the rehearsal dinner.
1: Like, this is what you were really like. (laughs) (laughs) This is how hard it was. Um, someday these kids will listen to the podcast and be like, why are you talking about my night terrors? Yep. Um, but
0: they'll be so thrilled with us. Oh,
1: yes, I'm sure. Uh thank uh, you so much for listening. Um
0: and liking and uh and for the reviews and thank you so much.
1: Yes, and come on over to facebook.com/slash funny parents and say hi. Yeah. Um we would love to chat with you yeah. and learn more about your stories and all you sports parents come on over and tell me what sports you're missing.
0: Yeah. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Take care of him.